Hunter, you're on, right? Yes, sir, I am. Can you hear me clearly? I can. Okay, sweet. Well, it's been a few weeks since I've recorded. Took a little break after the Super Bowl like most radio show hosts do or analysts do. Um, Hunter, if you want, you can introduce yourself to the listeners. Okay. I know you're a big Ravens fan, big KU fan. I'm sorry about that, but you can go ahead and introduce Uh, yourself. (laughs) Yeah, man. uh, Thanks for having me on, Dalton. Um, My name's Hunter. Uh, Again, like Dalton said, big Ravens fan, big Jayhawks fan. Um, So, yeah, excited to hop on here and talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, Baltimore situation, what's going on in the Combine, March Madness, Selection Sunday tonight. So, um, you know, I'm excited. Thanks for having me on. Yep, no problem. What do you want to get into first? We'll leave it up to the guests. Do you want to go th- over NFL draft? What do you, a couple of guys you're looking at or just what you think the Ravens should, should do? Or go on to March Madness first. That's that's coming up first. So what do you, what do you want to get into first? Uh, well, I mean, I think we should just start it off just because, you know, just what's coming up tonight with Selection Sunday. I think we should just kick off with, you know, a little bit of college basketball. Um, you know, them Hawks are looking good again this year. Um, so, you know, they've been playing lights out. Some I know that, uh, you know, Bill Self just recently had a heart attack, I believe, so he wasn't able to play in the past couple of games. But It wasn't a heart attack. I guess they found a blockage, um, and that's why he was out for the Big 12 tournament. So oh, okay, I think that's okay. why the last weekend of the season he was kind of sitting down. He wasn't getting up too much, wasn't showing a lot of emotions. I think he's a little out of it, so he went in, and they said they found a – I believe they found a blockage. I wasn't exactly sure. I didn't want to say the wrong thing there. That's something pretty serious. But um, he will be back for the tourney, though, and even as a Kansas State fan, I do want to see him back. He's one of the greatest coaches, not just in college basketball, but of all of sports. I always say if he uh, – if the one-and-done thing wasn't a thing for the longest time, he'd probably have a lot more championships than just two. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree, man. If I mean, if they had the rule like college football did, I mean, you imagine if they had a team like Joel Embiid, Andrew Wiggins, Ben McLemore, like if they had to stay a few years, all those guys would have been playing together and it would have been. Yeah, there would have been a lot more yeah, championships. It would have been electric. And uh, do you think, do you think KU gets a number one seed or do you think with the big 12 tournament loss and Bill Self uh, being out for a few, for a few, for this conference, do you think that knocks them down and it puts them in a region with Houston? Uh, man, I'm going to be really honest. I don't know. I think that we still earned, you know, the the one seed spot. Um, just up front, completely honest. I think we, we've earned it and we've, we're the most consistent team with doing that. I mean, Bill Self has more conference, you know, outright season wins, um, you know, championships than he does – home losses so you know I feel like that should speak for itself and I know that that should mean anything going into you know a bracketologist but um I think that should so I mean it's we're there and with how crazy the big 12 was this year I mean it's the best conference in college basketball I mean I think I don't think there's a bad team in that conference I think the I think the last team the the first the last team in the standings is probably not going to make it in but I wouldn't be surprised if they're one of the first four uh, or last four in, and they're playing Tuesday and Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. So I think KU earns a number one seed there. 
only reason I say Houston is because they were 31 and two. And while the AAC, not ACC, the AAC, while that's not the Big 12, it's still a legit conference. So either way, I just yeah. don't think uh, there's, a no, there's a number one seed floating around an idea of that, and that's Alabama. I don't want to punish them for the – this is lack of a better word. I don't want to punish Alabama for the drama that Alabama has been dealing with, but the way they've acted about it and the way they've shown like they just don't care, they just want to win, which I get that point. But you got to show some sort of care about the situation. I don't think Alabama should be a number one seed, so I'd slap a big asterisk by them if they are a number one seed. Uh, you know, I can see you know where you're coming from, but I'm not going to lie. Um, anytime anybody's talked about Alabama, they usually think you know Alabama softball or they're thinking Alabama football. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I think of Alabama like this year for basketball, I think you know they're a force to be reckoned with, and I think they're going to make you know a pretty big splash in the uh, turning this year. So I'm excited to watch them play. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my two cents on that. Yeah, that's a good point there. Very good point. Um, do you think when it comes to the Sweet 16, obviously we have the round of 64 next. And the Selection Sunday is not even here yet. Um, but we got the round of 64 next. Well, the first first four, then, then the round of 64, then the round of 32. Sweet 16, do you think the majority of the Sweet 16 is the Big 12? Uh, that could be definitely, you know, a very good possibility. But um, there's a lot of, you know, like 12 seed teams in there that are looking, you know, pretty filthy. Um, you know, like College of Charleston, uh, Furman. Uh, there's some other, you know, schools that just, you know, happen to have a good season and they're in that tournament. And they might surprise somebody and get hot in that first round. So that might ruin, you know, a couple things going across. But um Again, that starting off just talking about teams like that. I mean, Furman has to if they do, I think come out and play. They probably will get that twelve seed, and they'll probably have to play Gonzaga. But um, but I don't I don't really know what's going to happen. You know, ACC, SEC, Big Twelve. Who's going to have the most? But I, I could see the Big Twelve being a real you know powerhouse going into the Sweet Sixteen. But March Madness has a mind of its own, so I can never really tell. Yeah, I would say next March Madness in the. Um... It's probably the most unpredictable postseason. I mean, I guess you could argue NFL, maybe MLB, but with how many teams there are in, the, in March Madness, that uh, 68 teams, well, 64 technically, but 68 to start with, that you can't predict much. Um, instead of trying to go through the whole thing and be one of those shows where we talk for three hours, if you had to pick your, the best four, who do you keep playing that first week in April and then that – that first Monday in April, the final four, then the, then the natty. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm completely biased. So Kansas, again, I'm going to, I'm going to come out and say Bama. Um, I can't even see what the bracket probably looks like Houston. Um, and then, you know, I'll throw, I'll throw an eight ball in there. Maybe like a, uh, Iowa state or, um, Texas or something, but, you know, those are kind of the eight balls over there. I mean, Baylor won it in 21, so. Um, I actually predicted that one. I thought Baylor, at least from the championship, I thought Baylor was – it was uh, Gonzaga they faced, right? I believe so. Gonzaga was undefeated, but the back then, too, it's been this way for a while now. Big 12 Conference is always a 
kind of playing roulette. Uh, it, it's loaded. There's no, you, you don't know what to, you don't know what to expect. It's just gonna, it's, it's always going to be tough. That's all, you know. And I, I figured Baylor was more equipped with their schedule and Baylor went in and did their thing. I didn't think they'd beat them the way they did, but I figured they'd beat them. But um, so who do you, just to run that down again, final four, you said KU, Baylor, Bama. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would put Baylor. I think Baylor's in a rotation right there, but yeah, KU, Bama, um, maybe Baylor, Texas, Iowa State. Again, again, that just comes to my head as just the Big 12 teams. They're kind of biased, but they're looking really solid. I mean, somebody who else could sneak in there, I could definitely see, you know, it's tails old time Gonzaga having a pretty good run, but, um, you know, it's just like Gonzaga's kind of the, you know, the eight ball of it. Nobody really watches them. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I always, I, I do think it'll be KU and Baylor and Houston. And as a fourth team, I, I've kind of got it down to three. Yeah. One of them, this sounds like a bias pick. Um, they have to get their turnovers under control. Oh, my goodness. I know exactly what you're about to say. Uh, Kansas State. You don't <sighs> come in for – I don't think you come in from a team – and I just said Final Four. I'm not saying they go to the national championship. You don't go in you, – you don't come in with how horrendous they were last year and then come in after one year and you still got Bruce Weber's guys. And as much as people say they love Bruce Weber – I think that's false. I think Bruce Weber is not a good recruiter. I don't think he's a good coach. I don't think he's great at anything. He was a pity hire because of the history between Bruce Weber and Bill Self. I think what Jerome Tang has done is magnificent. I think Keontae Johnson coming back from nearly, without sounding insensitive, I don't mean to sound insensitive, nearly dying two years ago and coming back performing the way he has. Um I think they have a real chance. Now, like I said, they got to get their turnovers under control. If they don't get their turnovers under control, they're not even playing in the round of 32. Like, and they're predicted to be a two or three seed, I believe. Um, they're okay. they're going to get beat by a 14 or 15 seed. So maybe that's a little much, but I just wanted to throw that in there. KU, Houston, Kansas State. And I do think Baylor does get in because they remind me of KU, just not as a well-oiled machine, if that makes sense. Okay. I could see that. Um, and the Natty, I do see it being KU again. I don't know where the bracket sits. I don't know if it'd be KU versus Houston in the Final Four, or they'd be separate ends, separate sides. So it could be KU versus Houston. I, 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 I want to say it's the, just the two best teams. Maybe that's the safe pick, but KU versus Houston. Okay. Um, you know – you know, last year KU went and everybody was telling me I was crazy if I thought that they were going to. So um, everyone's like, oh, they're going to choke, they're going to choke. But, you know, that bracketology money comes back and it's looking real nice when, you know, <laughs> Kansas decides to win the Natty every few years. Uh, I mean, the last time they won it was in 2008. And then they went back in 2012. They lost, but they lost to a Kentucky team that was just ungodly athletic and ungodly gifted. So, yeah, uh, losing to Kentucky is nothing to be ashamed about, at least back then. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I I had KU in the final four. I had KU. No, I had KU in the national championship. I just had them losing to Duke. I thought Duke and Coach K were going to go on a final run, which they almost were. My final four last year was perfect, and my national championship was halfway there. But um, it was, KU ended up beating North Carolina with an ungodly 
comeback, not an ungodly comeback, but a, quite a comeback, to say the least. So I think we both agree on that one. KU's winning it all again. <laughs> you know, that's I've heard it a couple times from a d- couple different you know analysts. They they can see it. You know, um, but then again, you could say this: what I'm about to say about any team in college basketball. You know, Kansas is hot and they're hitting. They're they're not going to lose. But you could probably say that about any team ever. I mean, so. But Bill Self is good at recruiting talent. I just wish he was better at retaining it. Um, I mean, that NBA money is really, really, you know, it's in your face. So, yeah, I get it. He's really good at recruiting talent, but I think college basketball is really, it's hard to retain it. So, um, it is, but luckily, the, I believe the, rec- I believe the one and done stuff went away a few years ago. So, when, when did that go away? That was a few years ago. So, not sure, but they can um, still leave after year two, I think. So at least you get them for two years. Um, moving on now, we both agree that KU is probably win- most likely winning it all. Going into NFL free agency, um, one of the hottest stories is he's not really a free agent. Is Aaron Rodgers? We won't talk about him just yet. We who uh, who knows what that guy's going to do? I okay. mean, he's basically he's basically a hippie version of Brett Favre, and I don't mean that as an insult. That's just the way I see it. <laughs> But we got Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you got your Ravens. They've their kind. Their franchise is kind of changing. It seems like as a whole, they've always been known as a. It's a rather young franchise. They're younger than me, technically, if you're not including their Cleveland years. Um. They were a defensive team, a run-first team, and that's what they've been. And it seems like they're trying to stay that way, but it seems like in the process they're going to. I wouldn't say alienate but they are kind of spitting in the face of Lamar Jackson. Would you agree with that? Uh, I'm going to have to say no as a Ravens fan. Um, and that's me being a fan since I was like nine, ten years old, right around the time I got really interested in football. But um, I think Lamar is a great quarterback. I love watching him play. I mean, you should have seen me when they drafted him. Uh, out of Louisville, I was out of my seat. I was excited. I was so excited to get rid of Joe Flacco. Um, <laughs> I thought that his time was over. I was very thankful for Joe, but um, you know, I was I was looking forward to uh, you know getting something else going on. Um, but I think Lamar. I think he's just. I don't think that they're going to take him, which brings me to my first point. Is everyone's like, "Oh, why don't you think? Why don't you think he's going to stay?" Tyree Kill had on his, you know, his Cheetah podcast that he does. Um, mm-hmm. He came out and said um, that he heard from an inside source that plays for the Baltimore Ravens that they're not going to pay him. Uh, okay. So that's. You know, that's something that I'm, you know, looking at. Um, but then again, players will tell players anything. <laughs> um, so it doesn't really matter. Um, you know what I mean? But there's a couple mm-hmm. different things that he could choose to do. Um, there's something that I wanted them to do, but I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do right now. I mean, they just franchise tagged him. And I don't think anybody can make an offer on him, you know, till this coming Wednesday. Um, and you know, he doesn't really have an agent. He has his mom as his advisor, 
So she doesn't really have the connections like a lot of the other players, you know, agents do. So she's not out there calling the GMs and saying, Hey, we're willing to offer this and the Ravens are going to offer us this. What do you guys think? Like, there's no way that she's, you know, doing that and has that connections like some of these other guys do. Um, so there's, there's a lot of, you know, emptiness right there that, you know, I think in the long run could definitely hurt Lamar Jackson, whether he stays or goes. I, I agree with you. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what you, I don't know if you kind of put your two cents on the Lamar Jackson and him being his own agent and his mom being his advisor. But I believe Lamar Jackson is a very smart dude, a very good dude. And I think it's very smart a good idea for him to be his own agent so he can kind of sell himself. Also, I think he's kind of showing like, Hey, Cleveland, thanks for ruining everything because that's what Cleveland does best. They ruin everything. A few years ago, I was a big fan of Deshaun Watson, the way he played. If he gets back to normal, the way playing wise, I think he could be the best quarterback in the North. I know Joe, Joe Burrow, everybody loves him, but there's things that Watson could do before Burrow got before he Let's just say he couldn't play for a while. I'm not going to get into yeah. a situation. That situation made me mad because I was backing him up for the longest time. Then I all of a sudden stopped. We're not going to get into that. We're going to stay to the football side. And if he gets back to that, he's the Browns did what they're supposed to do. They gave him all that guaranteed money. If not, the Browns ruined everything. And, and Lamar Jackson's showing everybody that. I was like, that's your guys' fault. That's the Browns' fault. There's no reason you can't give me the guaranteed money. I'm not out at massage parlors screwing around. Uh, the worst thing about Lamar is his deep ball is not great. His arm isn't the best. It's still so has still gotten better and better each year, in my opinion. And he runs a lot. But with the way the Ravens when they also run their offense and they refuse to give him a receiver and draft receivers, it's kind of on them too, is why he gets injured so much because he has to run and bail out of the pocket. They got great running backs, they got great a great line. They just don't have good receivers. Yes, they have Mark Andrews, but that's Mark Andrews. That's a tight end. Yeah, no, I mean, if the Ravens do, you know, end up getting rid of Lamar, if somebody does have it, I mean, how many teams, Dalton, do you think are going to be willing to completely switch up their entire offense to go, you know, more run-based and be okay with not utilizing probably some of the better the receivers they have? Or um, do you think Baltimore, like, in my mind, I'd want to get a few picks out of Lamar and try and see if, you know, I could work up into the draft, which I'd like to talk to you, you know, about the combine and the draft with some of the guys I liked watching. But um, mm-hmm. I think that Lamar's a great quarterback. I love what he, you know, does for the community. I think he's a great – I love watching him. But can I see him winning a Super Bowl with us by, you know, running the ball and, you know, throwing it to some receivers who just, you know, they – I mean, when Tyler Huntley came in in the last game of the year when they played against the Bengals in the wild card, he was throwing them to, you know, Mark Andrews and um, the other tight end they got out of Coastal last year. But they just – I don't know. The receiver yeah. was just – it's just – I miss Anquan Bolden. I miss Hollywood Brown. I It's hard to watch. You probably even miss uh, uh, Jacoby Jones. Torrey Smith too. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. And I'm not saying the Ravens, I'm not saying their formula isn't successful, but you still got to have a receiver that can, in the words of Randy Moss, take the top off the defense. And they don't have that. It's like either they refuse to draft that or it's just that they're not that thing. It's like the, it's similar to the Chiefs. They're not great at drafting receivers. It's just their offense is set up differently. So the Ravens got to just dig down deep and find that receiver or trade for a receiver. 
uh, a big name receiver like DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe they're in the Odell Beckham running. Maybe they, I don't know, maybe they get Juju Smith. I'm not saying he could take the top off the defense, but he's definitely a big body type in that red zone. It's another option. Others is just Mark Andrews. So Lamar Jackson and the running backs are having to get beat up constantly. Yeah, man. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think a, besides Baltimore, situation. I think besides Baltimore, a similar offense is either the Jets' offense or the Falcons' offense because the Falcons, I think, have a pretty decent running running game. Not as good as not as good as the line as the uh, Ravens. They have Kyle Pitts, who's not Mark Andrews just yet, or even Kelsey or Waller or whatever, but he still is a legit tight end. So it'd be similar, but it'd be. It'd be the same old situation. Lamar plays great for 12 weeks, and then he's busted up, and he's not the same. And it's not on him and the way he plays. It's how the Ravens have their offense set up. they got to change up a little bit on offense. I agree, Um, which is why, you know, know, looking at the draft, you know, trying to get – trying to choose what pieces go where. I mean, who has better, you know – draft stock right now does do you think atlanta will make a move for lamar come wednesday do you think um you know i don't think the jets will i think aaron's looking to go there but then i also saw him making a joke saying something about dallas but i don't think i don't i think (laughs) dallas is so stubborn they could lose eight years in a row with never having or 80 years in a row with no super bowl and keep the same quarterback and swear that he's not the problem um but (laughs) yeah i don't I don't know what they're, you know, picking out. Yeah, I um, I, th- I think it'd be, I think, I think Atlanta makes a move for them, where I think the Ravens and Lamar end up kind of, I shouldn't say settling. Maybe Miami um, gets them, but apparently Miami and the Tom Brady rumors is kind of coming afloat. But we'll find out this week. I for some reason I thought it started. The free agency started earlier, and I was thinking the offseason was already quiet. But I was like, well, first off, there's no such thing as an NFL offseason. There's plenty of stories for the first three months, and then you have July, which is rather quiet, and then the preseason. <laughs> so sure. I think I think, I think he stays with Baltimore goes to Atlanta. I know Baltimore's not necessarily going to pay him. I just don't necessarily think that means he doesn't stay. It's just if Lamar wants to win a Super Bowl, he's got to start being – a vocal leader. I'm not saying he's not a vocal leader, but a vocal leader up the GM and the coaches, but saying, Hey, we need to, we need to change up something. Like I got Mark Andrews. We got a great running game, but we need a big bodied receiver that can, or somebody that can just take the top off the defense all, all together. Cause I don't think they've had that with Lamar at all. I mean, they had Hollywood Brown, but I think he was a, and it's no offense to him. I don't think receiver. I just think he was a Tyree kill. Maybe they can go out and get McCole Hardman. Uh, no, Which I think that's probably the same as Hollywood Brown, but no, Hollywood is way better than Michael Hardman. Let's, I was just saying, same style. I was saying, same style. That's all. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. I mean, if I were to look like Juju's, like, yeah, whatever, you, you can, you know, pick him up. You know, there's some other receivers floating around the league right now. I mean, I don't think they'd ever want to have OBJ. Um, but again, me and you, neither of us are in that. You know, the coaching meetings, we're not with the GM, so we can't really say, but. Um, That's probably a good thing sometimes. Oh, yeah. I would. Yeah. But <laughs> I'd be willing to trade away for some first rounders off the rip with Lamar. 
Um, but again, there I don't think there's a lot of teams that would be interested in just having to restructure. Um, I remember at the beginning of the year, I kind of thought that Miami might make a move just because they had, you know, acquired Tyree Kill. They got Jalen Waddle, Lamar's from the Miami area, and they would basically just want to make that whole area, you know, a track team. So yeah. I thought that, you know, that would be pretty cool. Miami has the, you know, the money for it. Yeah, they do. But I don't know if they want to, you know, go through with that because I don't even know what's going on with Tua. Yeah, I think Tua's probably just retired. I know he's cleared out, but he seems like a good dude. He can find something else in football or something else in life that he can do. Last thing I'd want to see is uh, – and this might lead us into our next topic, kind of a silly topic, but last thing I'd want to see is Tua turn into another uh, – let's just say former pro wrestler situation because he gets so many questions. I think, you know, who I'm thinking of talking about, but yes, Lamar Jackson with the dolphins would be great. Um, Being biased again, I would love to see Skylar Thompson sit under Lamar Jackson, or if it happens, Tom Brady for a couple of years or for, or for however long, however long. And especially if Lamar Jackson goes to Miami and with the way they utilize their offense, you can have Lamar, and then Skylar Thompson for the short yardage route for the short yardage like uh, sneaks because you want you wouldn't want to put Lamar back there like the Chiefs don't want to put Mahomes because of the injuries they've had over time. I'm just kind yeah. of imagining I mean, a world where Lamar goes. There's so many Lamar. different things that you could you know utilize for, but at the end of the day, we're not going to know till you know this past coming Wednesday when you know people can start you know having talks with Lamar like serious like, talks and people can actually report on it, um, but. That's. I think everybody just needs to start looking, you know, waiting for that Wednesday, and then until then, just check out, you know, the top free agents right now. Um, there's a lot of good, like Jacoby Myers uh, for New England might be a good addition to the Ravens coming over, you know, if they even decide to keep him. Um, yeah. So, you know, Dalton Schultz, you know, you can move, uh, you know, some of those guys around. Uh, Juju, just kind of like you said, you know, he's <laughs> TikTok crazy, but um, he's a good receiver. He did uh, settle that down this year up until, I don't know, I still think he settled that down this year. So if that's kind of like thinking like, I don't want him, he did settle that down this year from what I saw. He had that little rib after the Super Bowl, but he apologized about that. I just think uh, A.J. Brown was more mad than anybody else was, which I understand. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but, you know, that kind of leads me into, you know, what we talked about earlier, what we were going to, you know, go over with, you know, the upcoming draft. Um, you know, who are you looking at? You know, I, I've got some people who, are, you know, I want to see. Who are some people you're excited to come into the NFL? Who are you wanting, you know, you're a Chiefs fan. So who are, you, who are you wanting them to, you know, draft? Who are you looking? What are you excited to see? What's What are your thoughts on the draft right now? So I should have done more due diligence. First thing I will say, I would like to make this a regular thing. Maybe not just Sundays, Sundays, but um, the closer it gets, I will throw some more names out there. But um, I always take a few weeks off from just watching so many sports because you know me. I'm a big sports fan. I love football, baseball, basketball, even the fake stuff, um, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, So I took a few weeks off. I didn't watch a lot of the Combine. I haven't paid attention to a lot. I've even taken a break on some radio shows. But I would really like to see the Chiefs go out and get a big name a big defensive end that can line up opposite of George Karloftis, 
along the line of Chris Jones. Carlosis was a rookie we got last year. Brett Veach has already proven he can draft well. I mean, out of five drafts, six drafts already, he okay. has three or four players that he's missed, in my opinion. I'm not trying to sound biased or cocky. It's just, I mean, look at our secondary for this year. I mean, the secondary shut down the Bengals almost in the AFC Championship. I know the ref show was a crap show in that game. We won't get into that. I'm just pointing out the drafting. And they did pretty well in the Super Bowl. I know they allowed 35 points, but the Eagles scored on everybody. I don't care who it was. <laughs> um, the Chiefs, they just they get, continue drafting defensive end and continue drafting corners. Um, receiver, if there's, a, if there's a big guy available, there's a couple receivers I can't think of the top of my head. I'd like to see them get instead of just going with Juju. And then possibly yeah. a rookie left tackle. I know Laramie Tunsil might be available. Not at the draft. Obviously, he's already um, – it might be a trade they can pick. Uh, trade pick number 32, if I'm not mistaken, or pick 31 for um, – no, pick 32 for Laramie Tunsil and then continue to draft defensive end and corners because I think this um, draft is deep on defensive ends, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, yeah. and tight ends as well, but that's offensively. Are you, uh, I know that we could, you know, we can talk about this again on a later date, you know, going into the draft more, but, um, there are, you know, a handful of guys, you know, the big names everybody's talking about, but there are some guys in there who I think, you know, going into the, you know, everything is going to be a big pull this year, uh, or even in the coming years. Um, you know, I, I've, I've watched religiously Jordan Addison at USC, Um, you know, he grew up, you know, in the Baltimore area and he even tweeted out saying that it would be, you know, a dream to come back home and, you know, play for Baltimore and Baltimore needs a receiver like Jordan Addison, you know, really long, very fast can get, you know, track the ball down on the deep ball. He's proven that multiple times throughout the season. Um, also Zay Flowers out of Boston college, um, you know, really quick guy off the rip. Um, he can track the ball really well. And I think that's something that the Ravens receivers, you know, struggled to do this year was track the ball all the way in. Um, and it was on multiple occasions, they dropped the ball so many times. So I really want them to, you know, speed is great. Yes. Athleticism is great, but find somebody who can actually track the ball going into um, consistently. Uh, and that's, that's going to be huge, especially with Lamar, if that he does stay um, or if they have to, you know, kind of branch out and get someone else, which, you know, kind of goes into the new thing that I'm looking at. Um, I think Hendon Hooker is going to drop. I mm-hmm. think that they should, you know, if Lamar's gone, draft Hendon Hooker. I think he's a little bit like Tyler Huntley, but I think he's better. I think he can actually throw the ball down the field. Um, I think he has a little bit more football mindset than Tyler Huntley. Um, and I think that, you know, he's just all around better than him. He reminds me of his play, but it's more, it's, he plays at the next level, even though he was in college and Tyler Huntley was in the NFL. Um, you know, so you've definitely yeah. done your your research at the receiver position just because you want to see who the Ravens are going to draft. Exactly. And I don't blame you. That's why I want to do some research on the left tackle position and the defensive end position because, and then a corner position too because it seems like with the way Brett Beach drafts, he just drafts corners like no other. Like I, I don't think he's missed at the cornerback position. With a free agent signing, yes, because I know he resigned um, Orlando Skandrick and that was a gigantic mess. Um, but um, I, I definitely will be researching the cornerback position and the defensive end position. And then if for some reason the Chiefs don't trade for a left tackle and they're looking for a left tackle, 
Um, they say you don't want a re- uh, rookie left tackle in the Chiefs offense, but they do a lot of chipping with their tight ends. So um, I don't know if you get ESPN alerts on your phone. Um, I do. Did you see a trade that just came in? in what the was NFL? It? What happened? Jalen Ramsey oh, is headed yeah, to the to Miami the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I did see that. He's He went to the Dolphins. Yeah, I did see that. I did, uh, not, expect, I did not expect that. Uh, I, I mean, you know, they're – I think they're looking for, you know, just like every team Super Bowl, but they're looking really good. I mean, when Tua was healthy earlier this year, man, he looked good. But, um, you know, you know, with you talking about not to go just directly away from everything you just said, but um, people that I think, you know, the Ravens also should look at, are you even talking about edge rushers or trying to get somebody off the rip? I think someone that's going to be available that far down the line on the back end of the first round is going to be Will McDonald. Um, you know, the edge out of Iowa State. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's a pretty good force to be reckoned with. Um, and then, you know, another receiver that just came to mind, I don't know why I didn't say him earlier, is Quentin Johnson. Uh, he's big. He's fast. He has hands. Uh, he's been at TCU for a while. Um, and he just absolutely destroyed the Big 12 this year. Um, and then, you know, I would personally say my favorite corner out of college this year is Devin Witherspoon. Uh, out of Illinois, uh, you know, just watching him play. He's very, very, you know, charismatic. He's very physical. Um, so he's, you know, he's fast. So, uh, you know, that's somebody else who I think, you know, the Ravens are great at drafting defensive players. And I think that those two guys are showing something that they can definitely bring to the table. Um, so, you know, it just, it just really depends. I think the Lamar piece is huge. Like, and then even going into free agency, like you said, like, pieces are moving right now i mean how many franchise tags is tags are coming out isn't jacoby jones saquon barkley um who else has been tagged tony pollard um i'm, I'm trying to think who else has gotten tagged recently uh, i don't know i haven't even seen a lot of the franchise tags like i said i'm getting back into the sports world swing of things it took, it took me a few weeks i just started listening to all the radio shows i usually listen to this week and i obviously did not pick up on much um franchise tag wise I've been looking forward to March Madness and the baseball season. And um, dare I say it, WrestleMania season. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. We're going to talk about the WWE. Um, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I just – Logan Paul, I I mean, I think he's going to be the next biggest superstar in that whole thing. You know, I think he's going to be as big as The Rock or as John Cena. I mean, they just need to give, you know, he already has the attention from everywhere else. You should pump the brakes a little bit on that one, but continue. The WWE is just about attention and who they put out there the most. And Logan definitely brought back some more viewers just because of his following that he has before. So, yeah, he definitely did. Whether you like him or not, whether you like him or not, it's true. No, I, I agree. Star power, yes, I do agree. I don't know if he's bigger than Cena or The Rock, at least. In general, I mean, no, not right now, but he will be. Yeah, I, th- I think he will be. He's he's definitely a star. Um, he's he might be the first ever uh, person to hold a UFC title and a WWE title at one point. I don't know if the UFC thing is real. I know I went to Prime, the Prime drinks. I don't know if you've had them, but you know what I'm talking about the Prime hydration drinks when that became a UFC sponsor or the official drink of the UFC. Um, he was talking about trying to do a fight and Dana White's saying, "Let's do it." So I'm sure they were just joking around, or maybe they really are doing that. So maybe at one point, he is a WWE and UFC champion. Um, I just brought that in because I know you watched it with – I don't know if we pointed this out, but you are my brother. And we used to watch wrestling all the time religiously. 
I watched it a bit longer than you did, and I took some time off from it, and then I started watching it again during the pandemic era. You still have not gotten into it. I don't blame you. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I always say you can watch it like a TV show, but enjoy it like a sporting event, just depending. Um, you know, but there I, is one. You know, Dalton, you I, would, I would watch the WWE if it was like it used to be in the good old days. I mean, you know, a JBL, I, I, like if the JBL, Ric Flair, Cena, Rey Mysterio, like some of the new stuff that's just going on, it's just not as cool anymore. They got to be careful, you know, with how they, you know, fight and. You know, they used to, you know, be able to, you know, throw the fun cuss words at each other all the time, and now they don't do that, so. Um, They've definitely loosened up lately. It's just more, I don't know how to explain it, but I do, I do I, like I said, it's not everyone's cup of tea, and I'll be honest, if I, if I told you I watch every Monday Night Raw and every SmackDown from start to finish every week, I'd be lying. I watch every pay-per-view from start to finish. I am not lying on that. I actually do look forward to those, but um, I do record them, and I do go back and watch them, but it's not every week. But there is one thing we always did when we were kids and we watched it. I figured I'd bring it back since you are my brother. Um, little brother. Emphasis on little. Uh, <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I see about um, that. <laughs> we, we always said, uh, who could we take on? Who, who could we beat? Who, who could you beat? Who could you see me beating? Um, whether it's now or back then or 50 years ago. If you um, honestly, were booking a WrestleMania match for either of us, who would you want to face? If, who would I want to face? Yeah. Uh, the Great Khali, the Big Show, uh, any of those guys, you know, I feel like I could take them. Um, you know, I'd want to do like a handicap match and have her like a tag team and have Hulk Hogan be my, you know, my partner. But, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, since it's scripted anyways, like, might as well just, you know, shoot for the big guys and just say that I beat the really big dudes. Um, oh, I thought you were going with the uh, Rey Mysterio route where you always like seeing Rey Mysterio take down the big guys. I know you don't like talking about it anymore, but that was your favorite guy. He did just get inducted into the Hall of Fame. I bet you feel old now, don't you? Yeah, that used to be my guy. I remember playing WWE, like SmackDown versus Raw, and I would always play with Rey Mysterio. That was He was my favorite because I didn't really understand what was going on, but I liked, you know, the mask and the – you know, the 619 and everything. So I thought it was, thought that was pretty cool. But, you know, I've kind of outgrown that part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I do, I'll watch like the highlights that I see on like TikTok or if my buddies send me some stuff. But um, I don't really go out of my way to watch it on TV. Uh, there are some spots that are pretty cool. You can even show the non fans or the casual fans as, like, okay, that was pretty cool. But I do agree with you. I just wanted to, I just wanted to bring that up. Um, just to throw, just to throw my my two cents in there, on the wrestle a, pre, a, a WrestleMania match. I don't know who I would want to face. I think it'd probably be one of my three favorite dudes. It was either Taker, The Rock, or Cena. Just because it was always my three favorites. Just to say I beat them, even though it is scripted. Just to say I beat them, or at least had a match with them on the Super Bowls of pro wrestling. But that is the last time I will ever ask you to talk wrestling because I know you don't like talking about it. Um, I'll keep that to my thing, but we will make this a regular thing, okay. um, especially these next this next month or so with uh, college basketball. Hopefully, it goes well for both of us. I don't think K State goes back goes as far as I I want them to, but I could see it. I do believe KU does make it that far, and I would be happy for KU being from Kansas and all. It's nice to see a team from the state we used to live in win it all. So, um, okay. 
And then we'll talk a little bit of baseball. Would you college baseball, pro baseball, whichever one you want to do? I do want to ask you though. I, I meant to say when we were setting up our segment um, pitch clock. If you ever scroll across an MLB game this this season, I know you don't a lot. You're more of a college baseball fan. Do you like the pitch clock? Absolutely not. Um, I hate the pitch clock because you know, growing up playing baseball, when I got up there, the baseball is a game where. It's, you know, it's a full mental and it's a full failure game. Um, you know, some of the best, you know, the best of the best, they're going to fail 70% of the time. Um, so, you know, baseball's met on the most important at bat or the next important play is the next one. Um, so when you strike out, you know, three times, if you've thrown three balls, you still have that next time to where you can, you know, come back and battle back. Um, so if I was a pitcher, you know, looking at some of them when they get up there, Timing is huge between, you know, me and the batter, if I was a batter and the pitcher. Mixing up their timing and getting them out of their, you know, comfort zone is what a pitcher wants to do and what's the catcher wants to do. And if I feel rushed in any way, shape, or form out there, it's just it's just another little loop in my head that I'm like, well, this is annoying. Now I have to look at the shot clock because, you know, somebody was complaining that baseball games take too long on TV. Change the channel. Who cares? If you don't you ever watch the, watch or watch the last few innings, no, right? Like you yeah. don't have to watch the whole thing. Watch, if you're complaining because the games are so long, then don't watch it. Or if you don't want to go to the games and you think baseball's boring, don't go. I don't care. If I was playing in games and people were like, "Oh, this is boring," but we came to watch you because we love you, bro, and I was like, "I, I didn't. You didn't have to come. I appreciate the support, but at the end of the day, you know, you're kind of you're not really supporting me. You're kind of just gonna." What do you just play on your phone the whole time? Yeah, it's like if you don't like it, then don't watch it. Like it's like if you're if there's a good movie out, go watch it. But if there's a movie that you've seen before and you know you hate it, why would you watch it again? It's ugh, people. But no, I don't like the new rules in baseball. I don't like the pitch clock. I like to be able to feel comfortable. I think if a pitcher wanted to take thirty minutes in between pitches, he should. And I think I don't know about that one. That would that would anger me quite a bit. But well, yes, I, I do agree with you. That's that's a little like over the top, but at the end of the day, man, it's <laughs> it's baseball. Like it's yeah. like that you can't change. This is the one sport that you can't change too much, and they're trying to change everything. And I yeah, I don't like the pitch clock, and I do agree with you. I want to give it a chance, and if they are going to have a pitch clock, can they just go full on like hockey or basketball and have a buzzer? Like, I want to see somebody hit a home run at the buzzer or strike out somebody at the buzzer. I will say if it's going to do that, make it that exciting. Add in a buzzer at the end of the clock. Uh, I understand that would be kind of annoying because it's often just like if, in football. If there was a buzzer, it'd be a little much at the end of a at the end of the play clock. But I will say two rules I do like is the shift rule and the bigger bases. I think the bigger bases is more, most, more so for safety. Um I don't, and then it gives a chance for more stolen bases. Like as a Kansas City Royals fan, with we have a lot of speed and a lot of young guys that are very fast. Which I just said they have a lot of speed. Um, bigger chance, bigger chances for stolen bases. So I think that'll be pretty good, good for them. And then the shift. Only reason I hate the shift is when I'm watching my favorite team or I'm watching a team I'm rooting for, and a guy hits a blooper into right field. And everybody's on the left side of the field. I'm like, what are you doing? You look like a moron. I don't care about the analytics. I don't care if the guy mainly hits left and the one time he hits right is because everybody shifted over. It, it just it looks stupid. So I like that the shift was brought down a little bit, and I like the stolen bases uh, – or not the stolen bases, the bigger bases. The pitch clock I'm still on the fence on. 
Um, not because I want the game sped up. I just want to see how it affects the pitcher and hitter. Like, see, this is, is just, gonna... that's, that's too much, man. It's just strategy. I mean, some players pull mo- more than others. And, you mm-hmm. know, that might be the call, you know, when you look down third or back to the dugout. And if they're telling you to pull, then you pull it. And if the defense adjusts, then they adjust. Like, it's it's just well, like I don't li- I don't mind a shift. I just don't like an extreme shift is what I'm saying. I think – I don't know. We talking about just baseball kind of, too much. And as a player, I just – it just riles me up a little bit more than, you know, I'd want it to. Yeah, um, I, was always, I was always a lazy sibling. I didn't play a lot of sports. You played baseball more than I did. So you – or, well, I played a little bit. But uh, you have a different perspective than I do. Just as a fan, I just it, – it makes me mad. I'm sure it would make you mad too as a fan, seeing your team all the way on the other side of the field while a guy hits to the opposite. Like, why do you guys just stay in your spots? Let's just – it's you not have, a spot it, thing. Their their coach is telling them to shift. You just got. I, I know. Yeah, there's analytics, but if a guy's pull, if he's pulled like his last three home runs, then I'm definitely telling left field, you know, back up and like shift over, like and center yeah, shading over, and I'm making right shade over a little bit more. Like it's you gotta you gotta be. It's again, baseball is seventy percent failure, and the thirty percent when you do win, it feels great. Yeah, it, feels it does. Amazing. So. And there's no, and I feel like it's the only sport where there's more parity. I mean, I know there's like the, I don't want to say the blue bloods like college basketball. I know there's the Yankees, Dodgers, and now the, unfortunately, the Astros. We can, that's another thing we can get into, which you don't watch a lot of the major league. You watch more college, but, um, which now I know why you watch more college because MLB is trying to change everything. So I, I like, you know, college sports a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I do watch the MLB games, but, um, I do really, really like college baseball a little bit more. I think it's, you know, somebody like me who went to a like really small town. Like there's kids in my high school who really, really, really small town who went and played at like this big college, and then there are these guys in these like, big, huge cities that had like you know, eight hundred kids in like their one science class, and then they all came forward and they all played on the same team. And the kid that was you know from the small town threw heat and he went over, but the other guy he could you know swing for the fences but can't field a ground ball. Um, so he didn't get drafted. Um, but you know, it's, it, there's a lot of different variables, you know, with college baseball. And I, I think college sports is more of a pure thing. Um, yeah. you know, people are doing it more for the love of the game and less for the paycheck. Um, so that's why I watch, I tend to watch college more, but I do. Baseball is one of those things where, you know, you can't just pick it up tomorrow and play it and be great at it. Um, yeah. So you've got to, you know, you've got to start young or you've got to be just an outstanding athlete to, you know, just to pick it up and go. I mean, mm-hmm. Barry Sand, not Barry Sanders, uh, Deion Sanders, he came out and said, he's like, the hardest thing I've ever done in sports is try to hit a baseball. He hands yep. down said that. And I was like, I was like, I agree. I was like, 100% agree. And now with the pitch clock, it's either going to be even more easier or even harder because you, yeah, but. That's another that's another loophole we'll get in. Who knows? Maybe it won't be as bad. I know it's I I've watched a little bit of spring training. It doesn't seem too bad, but it's still a little off. But I still stand by my take on the still on the shift and the stolen bases. There's still a shift, it's just not as extreme. But we will call it a day on this segment. We will try and do this every every weekend or a couple times throughout the or sometime throughout the week. Um maybe not every episode, but as much as we can. Um, so Hunter, I'll send you off once I'm done with, once I'm done doing the rest of my, doing the rest of the show, I'll, I'll send you a link and we'll, and I'll put it out there. Thank you for coming on. 
Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I look forward to doing this. Uh, we talked about, you know, maybe doing a segment once a week or here or there or something. So, you know, I'm I'm excited, you know, hop on the show a little bit more and, you know, we'll prove time first time on i did a little bit more research than you know you uh came underprepared my friend so yeah um, I, did, I did that on purpose i wanted to see how i how i felt getting back into it so okay <laughs> all right well i appreciate right. you brother and uh you know i'll talk to you later all right thank you what is up everybody i am back after a quick break i had we had that segment with hunter it is my first one again that was my brother my little brother um, as I joked, emphasis on brother. Obviously, I'm joking. Um, but uh, wanted to bring in my NBA tears. First time in a few weeks. That, uh, like I said, I've done an episode. as episode 103 of Inskeep Sports Entertainment. Let's knock out Inskeep's four. And we are bringing in some XFL action. We did not talk about this much. I figured we'd talk about that on the next episode. Um, just kind of give a quick, uh, quick update on the XFL. And my best of the week of the NBA and WWE. WWE. I want to give to Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus. Becky Lynch, one of the greatest female wrestlers of all time. Lita and Trish Stratus kind of set the tone for female wrestlers in the Ruthless Aggression era. And they just won the Women's Tag Team Championships this past week on Monday Night Raw. And it is now a WrestleMania match between Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch, Lita versus Damage Damage Control, which is Dakota Kai, Ido Sky, and Bailey. So that will be that at WrestleMania 39. WrestleMania goes Hollywood again. For the XFL, it is the quarterback of the Seattle Sea Dragons, Ben DiNucci. He is the first quarterback in the XFL to reach 1,000 passing yards in the 2023 season. Looks like this will not just be a one-off. It is going very well. I think the um, extra point rule is a little much. I do like it. I just think kicking a field goal should still be an option, similar to the USFL. In the XFL, it is going for one from the two, two points from the five, or going for three um, from the 10-yard line. Um, The USFL is similar, but it is going for one from the two, two from the five, if I'm not mistaken. No, two from the five, three from the 10, and then... The normal, a normal extra point. I don't remember where they kick it from, though. I'd have to look that up. And then the kickoff rule, I think, is the best. Um, I believe I already talked about this. Um, kickoff, can't can't run it back until it's caught. And all players line up at the 30 and the 35. So um, they're five yards apart from each other. And there's more options for a kick return, not just a quick kneel and get it over with. Um, then the onside kick rule is fourth and 15. Um, go for it from the 25. I don't. I would have to look up those rules, but XFL is doing really good. It's already beaten out the MLS, NHL, and it did beat out the Combine and viewership. So going very well there. NBA, Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid past seven days. Jimmy Butler has 125 points. Joel Embiid has 120. Philadelphia is looking like one of the best in the NBA right now as we speak. This will get me into my... Best of the West and my Beasts of the East. Starting off with the West. The Denver Nuggets, they post a 46-19 record. 
Their offensive rating is second. Their defensive rating is 12th. And they lead the league in points in the paint differential by a wide margin. Next up in the West, this is a shocker. The Sacramento Kings, their offense is by far the best in the NBA, in my opinion, from what I have seen. And it's not close. It's by three or four points. By a, It's by a wide margin, by the second. I did three or four points doesn't seem like a lot, but over time, it's a lot. Um, I think they will be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Um, their defense concerns me a little bit, and their inexperience of the playoff concerns me a little bit, but it will be okay. Um, the Phoenix Suns are who are three and zero with Kevin Durant. They just had that major trade. I believe I talked about that before. I took my little hiatus. Um, who actually Kevin Durant is now out with an ankle injury for two to three weeks, if I'm not mistaken, um, but he should be back in time for the playoffs. So that was the best of West. Denver Nuggets, Sacramento Kings, and the Phoenix Suns. The beast of the East. The Milwaukee Bucks. I believe they have the best defense in the NBA, and if they want to, they will score on you at will. The Boston Celtics, I believe they're just a well-oiled machine. I believe I already made that reference earlier, but I think they are a great, great team. They have double-digit leads in 11 of their past 14 games. However, they did lose a game in which they led by double digits at one point recently, so that's why they're number two and not number one in the Beasts of the East. And then, believe it or not, just because of how they've been lately, the New York Knicks. They had the toughest stretch of the of their post-break schedule, and they won all four games, improving to 9-0 and since adding Josh Hart to the rotation at the beginning of this week. Since then, the New York Knicks have only lost one game. Since then, sorry, the Knicks are on a three-game losing streak. So they were doing were doing great up until this week. So there are a bit of a rough stretch, rough stretch this week. Sorry about that. Thought I had the link pulled up. But they were 9-0, adding Josh Hart to their rotation, and they were went undefeated. But now they have now lost to the Hornets, the Kings, and the Clippers. They do have a matchup tonight against the Lakers. Should be a very winnable game, but the Lakers are looking pretty good. But to run down, Inskeeps 4 and my NBA tiers, the team of Becky Lynch, Tristratus, and Lita, and then the XFL, Ben DiNucci, Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid. I know I kind of bro- I kind of broke that rule in the WWE, but if if you want to say it's just one person, we'll say Becky Lynch. Um, NBA tiers: Best of the West, Denver Nuggets, Sacramento Kings, Phoenix Suns, Beasts of the East, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, and the Philadelphia 76ers. That is all I have for everybody today. It is Inkscape Sports uh, Enter. It is Inkscape Sports and Entertainment, Episode 103. Thank you. I'm out. Mm-hmm.